The idea is kind of coming up with a playbook of a few different options, kind of choose your own adventure, choose your own destiny, what is comfortable enough to live off of in residual income per year. And once you figure out that number, kind of working backwards and putting together that playbook of, okay, so these are my tangible goals that I need to achieve. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? All right, we're here today with Andrew Thorpe, now with Tango in the corporate world, former Navy lieutenant and someone I met two years ago, maybe something like two years ago. And you moved down to San Diego from San Francisco, right? Yep. The Bay. <laughs> right on. Hey, tell us just a little bit about yourself and like what brought you down here. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I was born in Annapolis, Maryland. So East Coaster, born and raised, uh, went to the Naval Academy. So pretty original, far from home. Graduated and then kind of went all over. So ended up getting out of the Navy in 2016. Got a job with Amazon in San Francisco. Did operations for a couple of years and made the transition over to sales. Worked remote at the time uh, about three years ago. So made the made the trek down to San Diego for a little bit nicer and warmer weather. I mean, I always knew I wanted to kind of get a place down there. So that's where kind of the journey began. Yeah. And you went straight for the beach too. Straight to the beach. And bought a place in Pacific Beach. So yeah, good, good investment, good move there and great, great area to live too, huh? Yeah. Great area. Um, I think, you know, PB is a interesting place. If you've never been there before, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of growth there in the next five to 10 years. Um, if you look at, you know, some of the other beach cities, you know, North uh, San or Pacific Beach, I think it's a bit behind the times on, you know, restaurants and kind of getting some of those higher end, um, just shops and everything. Um, but I mean, the real estate hasn't been shy and, you know, skyrocketing in the past, you know, 10 years. So, um, I think it's, you know, gotten at a pretty good time. I mean, it's still a little bit on the high end, but it just has been a relentless for, for climbing. So yeah, yeah. You definitely did well. I'd say, I mean, I think you made some good choices. Uh, a couple of things I kind of wanted to touch on there. Like you're talking about your relocation from the Bay area. I want to come back to the working at home, working remotely part, because I think that's impacting a lot of people now and, and kind of talk about some of your success from that, because I know that you're very structured and, you know, it takes that to be successful in that area. But uh, your relocation from the Bay Area, I remember when we met too, and you were looking for a property, one of the things that was very uh, relief, you know, as a relief to me is we're so used to so many people coming to San Diego and they're looking for a home and they're like, holy shit, you know, that it costs what for what? And you coming from the Bay Area, it's like, you know, like, Hey, this town, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's like 800,000. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, because you didn't have that sticker shot, you know? So I think that mindset made it, I think a little bit easier even for you to make the right decision for like kind of future growth of your property and stuff like, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's challenging, you know, you have this valuable thing called a VA loan (laughs) and, you know, I'm in San, San Francisco and, you know, just kind of exploring properties. And, you know, I thought I was gonna be in San Francisco for a while. Um, you know, the, the drive and, you know, the opportunity there is, is phenomenal. I don't know if it's everyone's dream, but, you know, in your late twenties, maybe, you know, early thirties, you're kind of, kind of looking to buy a place and, you know, just kind of browsing the the real estate there. And just, you know, that was pretty unrealistic. And then, you know, you're paying, you know, $3,000 or more in rent, you know, for everyone, you're splitting it with roommates and, you know, that's just kind of crazy. 
instead of come down to San Diego where, you know, just going to the grocery store, I could leave for, you know, $45 worth of like a week's worth of groceries. I mean, you have that, but I mean, I think the biggest thing where I got super excited was, I mean, I've, again, I've lived, you know, in Hawaii, I've lived in, you know, the Northeast, I've lived in Florida, you know, I've kind of touched all four corners of the United States and the cost of living in San Diego for being a beach city with uh, some of the nicest weather in the entire United States for the cost it was, I thought, thought it was just a complete bargain. And I was pretty excited to start looking for a place here instead of San Francisco. Right on. Yeah. Well, you made a good choice. Actually, uh, I think what was a couple of weeks ago when we met up, that was the first time I saw you had a car. I thought you just owned a <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> I just, that's all I've ever seen is you drive around a golf cart down at the beach. So, so I'm like, oh shit, Andrew has a car. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, yep. so, so I learned something new for me to leave PB, I guess. So. Right. Well, you only crossed the freeway there too. We, you only went like, like, like quarter mile. Yep. Um, no, but that's, that's pretty awesome. But you know, that's a great investment. We talk a lot about the investment, but how about also what it takes for you to sustain, you know, lifestyle and all those things and working remotely. I've just seen so many people think that it's, and I think people that haven't done it or haven't done it as a profession think that it's easy. And they're like, oh my God, that must be great working home. But it kind of sometimes turns your home into just feeling like an office too. Yeah. It? I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we were just catching up on that earlier, but I think that the struggle working at home is you know, really you have to have a routine, right? And I think it's really easy when you're at home to kind of fall out of that routine. So um, like today I had an early call, I'm in sales, so I wasn't able to get a workout in. Not getting a workout in at 5.30 in the morning, you know, throws my entire day off. You know, you kind of, for me, just maybe you'll, you know, shower later, maybe you'll, you know, make breakfast later and everything gets pushed off. So kind of for me, keeping that routine and schedule, um, you know, my breaks, I try to optimize to make sure I get, you know, whether it's, you know, 45 minutes and just sit outside or, you know, listen to podcasts or do, take a mental break in the middle of the day. Eventually, I mean, it's eventually you're going to feel change to your desk, <laughs> right? It's not sustainable long-term to, you know, cause there's always, there's always more work to be done. There's always more emails to be sent out. Um, so unless you kind of create some boundaries and mental escapes for yourself, um, it's going to be, uh, going to be challenging, but yeah, so far I've <laughs> kind of figured it out, but been doing right. it for a little bit of time now. So yeah. And if you get off your routine, not just uh challenging on your personal side and kind of affects your, you know, your your feeling of well being, but also your uh honestly your your output for your for your job too, you know, yeah. and you know that impacts that bottom line as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm customer facing all day um on Zoom calls and you know the amount of energy that it takes out of you to do calls. I mean at right. five, six PM I just don't I just want to collapse on my bed or couch and just you know, mm. cry myself to sleep, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> it's just like my life, my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well then, but then you can just go out on your deck and, you know, take a look around yeah. and then, you know, cheer back up real quick. Exactly. It's, it's really easy to get in a better mood when you step outside in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, it could be worse for sure. For sure. But, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point too. I, I def, definitely uh, hear it every once in a while, like must be cool to work from home. And like, I, to be honest, it's, I, I struggle sometimes with it because of what you're saying, I'll uh, go too many days or whatever without taking the right breaks or carving out a little bit of time for something, even like you said, like a podcast or just reading for a few minutes and just stepping away and getting that clarity. Um, so sometimes I get caught up and I do that. And then I find myself being way less effective, like th throughout my day. And I'm like, shit, man, I'm putting in 
you know, three hours more than I need to, because I'm not even being effective with the time that I am because I'm trying to get more done. So yeah, that's, I think that's a huge, huge piece that I have to work on still for sure. Yeah. What about some next steps for you then? Like, you know, you've gone from military to, to, you know, corporate world, you're doing sales now you're down in San Diego. So we were talking earlier also about like how we're usually, you know, all of us trying to use investing to get kind of out of the rat race. Right. And, or, or at least give yourself the options, like to, to be able to do the things you want to do. And what are some of your plans going forward in, in that realm or ideas even? Sure. So my obligatory, uh, disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> um, but you know, buying a, the place in 2018, um, really changed, I guess my mindset on, some financial goals for myself and what I view as, you know, what you're, what are you working towards? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can make a lot of money in different, you know, different verticals in the corporate world. Um, I happen to be in sales. So, um, you know, a lot of it's commission-based have a lot of upside, but at the end of the day, if you're taking that money and sure you might put it in, you know, some stocks and some mutual funds, unfortunately, and I've, I've lost, you know, a decent amount of money in the stock market, you know, and I, you know, you get a certificate saying thanks for playing, mm-hmm. but having something tangible with your hard earned money, like a home and being able to say, well, you know, because the appreciation is going up now, if I want to rent this out right now, I know I can make $300 a month right. and kind of having that, you know, approach of, you know, collecting assets and seeing how easy the process was you know, my financial goals, instead of, Hey, let me put some more money in a mutual fund. Let me put mm-hmm. some more money here. Um, it's let me save up for the next big investment. And for me, you know, getting out of that rat race is buying properties, um, being smart with those investments. And of course you have to, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket, right. but, but, mm-hmm. you know, having something exciting to save for, I mean, I don't know who really gets excited to buy another stock of Tesla, <laughs> right. um, but, you know, at 1000 or whatever, but to kind of have tangible goals of saying, I save this, I can now buy a place in in Nevada, you know, where, you know, maybe I don't have to pay for taxes right. um, or an investment property. So that's, that's kind of where my mind shift uh, kind of went towards, you know, after buying that place. Right. Right. And that that's, I mean, what well, we've talked plenty of times, you know, that's kind of where the same thing happened to me and that's where I do most of my stuff, but you, you made a good point too. Like you, you definitely don't want all your eggs in one basket, you know, and, and uh, you know, a lot of things you can factor in, multiple levels out, like you're saying with your job, you know, like you, you have your income, but if that's all you're doing, you're just using that to save. I just, it's difficult to get anywhere. And then the same with, uh, you know, like, like you're saying the real estate investments, like that's what I'm into, but I still put, you know, it's not nearly as much. And I, and like you said, I'm not excited about it. It's almost like like that, uh, money that's set and forget, like, all right, this much is going to go into stock. This much is going to go into these, you know, stuff like that. So that's just kind of like my boring, like, all right, that's just gone. Like it just goes. But as you said too, planning and trying to pick a proper, choose a proper, choose the right one that kind of gets exciting and fun. And it's a, it's an event where the rest is kind of my like monthly, like, all right, this much goes into this and get get in there and hope for the best. It's kind of, honestly, that's how I feel like, cause I just don't pay attention to it so much, which is on me, which is on me, but you were into it for a while, right? You were like tracking for a while and yeah. Really kind yeah. Of- and I, and I still do, but I mean, the amount of stress that's I kind of experienced doing that is just for me again, I like tangibles and yeah. you know, when you can again, save up and I mean, we've had a lot of conversations about this. I think there's just so much that I learn every time we have a conversation about properties, something new. I learn at each time about 
you know, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the first time I bought this place. And then once you do it, you kind of get addicted to it. You realize how easy it is. And now you start navigating, okay, well, what else can I do? And maybe I can't use my VA loan, but I didn't notice that, you know, you can only, you can buy another place for 5% down or 10% down. Um, and then it's okay. Well, knowing that maybe I can, you know, do a cash out refi or some of those other options, um, to invest in another property. And I think exploring those ideas really gets you excited about creating, you know, personal financial goals that are, you know, achievable, um, and within a certain timeline, you know, and as we were kind of talking about earlier, I mean, with rates being so low, I mean, there's, there's this massive opportunity right now. And, you know, I'm just ready to pounce. So it's a, it's a good time. It is. It is. I know we were like, before we started recording, we were just talking about that too. We're both already scheming how to, uh, refi out our VA loans from the properties we're in so that we can, uh, use those again, which again, like that's just such an asset as well. Um, it just, you can't beat that, you know, especially now with no limit. So that's pretty phenomenal. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something too, when you talk about like when we, uh, all the conversations we've had, but I learned every time we do that, I learned something too, because I come away with something, sometimes like a question, like we'll be talking about one subject or how to do one thing. And you'll come up with a, a kind of a question or like, well, could you do this? Or is this possible? I'm like, shit, <laughs> I don't see why it isn't. Now I need to go find out if we can, you know? So I think that's, a, I, I love those conversations because it does, it makes you think and it makes you get creative or think about things. You know, there's, I'm sure there's almost any situation that we talk about. There's probably someone uh, who does it like daily, but it, it's new to us, you know what I mean? So it kind of is still exciting and, and to kind of learn those, learn those plans, if you will, or learn the, the, the blueprint, um, to kind of get to some of those, some of those goals. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, so what about, uh, for you, like your next goal, like what would be your ideal, like investment? Let's say that we could re let's say you can refire next week out of your uh, VA loan. You've got that back in your pocket. What would be your next? Well, I guess uh, ideally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a selfless plug for you, Jay. But you know, when I first started looking at real estate, I was using a realtor and you know, it just felt very transactional. I, you know, it's a, for someone who's never bought a place before, I mean, you, again, you don't know what you don't know. And there's, there's so many different terms and verbiage that you're not familiar with. And then you feel like you're getting tied into this, you know, massive dark cloud that you just, you know, and someone's just trying to fast sell you something, you know, and I'm in sales. I hate getting sold to, I mean, and I, I, for whatever reason, I must have like a, something on my forehead. This is like sell to this guy because everyone likes selling stuff to me, I guess. So that, that relationship didn't work out. It was just a very transactional driven, you know, I was kind of driving the conversations if I saw stuff and, you know, when we first started, you know, you know, talking, the one thing that I really appreciate, and this is what goes towards the, your, the question of what is my next goal? Um, you know, you, you approach everything with like a very consultative approach. And at the end of the day, your end goal is to like customer satisfaction. You need, uh, you, you could care less if the house gets sold or not, but your satisfaction in the person, your client that you're working with is extremely important to you. And I think that, you know, that shows with the, the clients that you do have, it does feel like kind of like a brother sisterhood of people that you've sold to. And that's why your referral base is so great. So in our conversations, you know, which first, always, thank you for saying that. Sure. So I, no, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. That definitely means a lot. Cause uh, you know, our team definitely, uh, that's kind of where we get our self-satisfaction is yep. we definitely want you to be successful, 
with, you know, and getting what you want, whether it's like the family home or something else. So I yeah. really do appreciate that feedback. Yeah. And, and I guess to take it one step further before I you know, flip the script, but you kind of operated as like a project manager too, right? It's, you know, like kind of like a consultant uh, meets friend meets project manager, um, kind of keeping me informed of all the stupid questions I didn't want to ask, kind of coaching me up on the things that I needed to do and making sure the timeline progressed forward. Um, you know, the point that I was going to make is, you know, you did a great job at, you know, strategy meeting execution. So when you're coming up with this plan to say like, well, what are you looking for in a house? And, it, you know, you really listen, first of all, that's important. Um, and what I was looking for. And I think we viewed, you know, a handful of places, um, then did a couple walkthroughs before I found the place that, you know, I was fell in love with, right? Like right off the bat. But, you know, all the ones that, you know, previously where I felt kind of pushed, you know, like, well, this is going to close fast. We need to make an offer. And you put the ball in my court, which I, you know, I really appreciated. But back to, again, for the third time, what I was trying to say originally uh, was meeting strategy and execution. So, you know, sitting down and it's like, well, what are your investment goals? And I realized, you know, you understanding, okay, is a person looking for an investment property? Are they looking for a family home? Are they looking for, you know, just a, a bachelor patent PB? Um, which by the way, it's not a bachelor pad, but um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. it can be, it can be multiple things, <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> it's a classy bachelor pad, right? <laughs> but, you know, taking all those things into consideration and then presenting all sorts of different options. And it's not just black and white, it's a lot of gray and navigating around of, all right, well, if you do this, this might not be a benefit for this. Or maybe if you did, you know, bought a smaller place out further West, this market's growing. I know we did a few of those conversations right. and you know, ultimately, you know, I found the place and it, you know, it's worked out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, looking forward for what I'm looking for again, it's still, I mean, we've had several conversations about it and I, I don't really know yet. I think the conversations we've had on, which th th these are things that I've never heard of or uh -huh. have never really used or been exposed to before. And I'm sure once I do one of these, then it's going to be common. I'm going to do it over <laughs> and over again, but you know, cash out refi, you know, yeah getting out of the, you know, freeing up my VA loan, like how much money do I need down for that? And then once that's free, knowing that there's no longer a limit at 650. Right. So looking at a quadplex, you know, that's, that was my original, Yeah, I was looking at duplexes. I think you remember, but you mm -hmm. know, that's kind of my dream, but because of pretty much everything in San Diego being, you know, seven figures, you know, it kind of got priced out there. Yeah. So quadplex, I think would be very interesting, you know, another investment property, Right. And then the other alternate option, selfishly, a, a place in Tahoe and Nevada side. So I turn up to pay the 10% taxes in California. But also I think, a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I do think, you know, some kind of investment property, especially with rates so low right now, is, is kind of what I'm looking for. No, and I think that's uh, that's pretty awesome, too. Like we, we, again, talk all the time about this stuff every time we get together, like, different scheming plans. I won't even say scheming, but just <laughs> ideas of yeah. like trying to do something different because like you said, a lot of things are kind of priced up now and, and a lot of people do get priced out of certain things, but if you get discouraged, you, you, you just stop trying, then that's not going to get you anywhere, but there's always a way around it. You know what I mean? There's always somewhere to find, you know, with a little bit of research, um, talking to some people. And that's how, you know, that's how I've learned all this stuff. You know, when you, when you said about like explaining terms that you haven't heard before, I was that person too, you know, and I still am on a lot of things. Like when someone tells me to do something on Instagram or some shit, I'm like, yeah, explain that again. But, um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, we all, we're all need people to do those explanation stuff. And when we're at talk about lending stuff earlier, I'm like, 
a couple of things that we, we were discussing. I'm like, shit, I don't know. I'm going to have to reach out tomorrow and ask, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I want to, that's great. I love having things that I don't know the answer to. And I love like learning those things. And that's why this is fun for me too. So it's, it's really not like we're doing podcasts. It's kind of the same <laughs> shit we were talking about an yeah. hour ago. Same <laughs> stuff as a couple of weeks ago. We just continued the conversation, uh, you know, recorded, but, um, yeah, I think that those are pretty good calls there, especially as we were talking earlier about if we can like, uh, refi out of the VA loan, because one thing that when you purchased, we still had limits. Yep. So you actually had to pay 25% of anything over that 650 at the yep. time. Right. Yep. And, uh, so unfortunately it was not too long after that they dropped the limits or else you would have been you would have been in that fourplex probably yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. hey, you know i already have 25 percent closer to well not 25 okay. percent, but that money down closer yeah. to getting out of the va so that's true then with the appreciation on it yep. you're, and the rates dropping yeah. yeah you're kind of in a pretty much a win-win situation so you're, you're on your way to your next one for sure but then also like i i definitely appreciate too because sometimes when during the conversations it helps me understand uh, what other people are thinking sometimes. Cause when it's your day to day thing, I think sometimes it gets, you get sometimes locked down into um, what you think or like, what is like a, the, the cookie cutter play or some of the easier things and not sometimes what some of people's goals might be just might not be just appreciation might not be just a payment or whatever the case is. And that's right. some of the cool things that we've talked about too, which forces me to learn and, and think differently because like, well, you know, Hey, well, if, if I don't stay here, I, you know, I want this to be able to still be profitable or at this particular place, it's comfort. You know what I mean? Like some, it doesn't have to be one size fits all. You can have a investment portfolio of a little bit of anything, you yep. know, to, to fit your life at that time. So um, all those things are, are pretty fun for uh, when we talk about that stuff for sure. But let's go to like just a little bit of advice back kind of on the veteran and the military side of things. Anything that you wish you would have done differently, uh, even active duty or prepared for differently at that time or anything that you did really well that you think you should share as well? Like preparation, either whether it's like any kind of investing uh, yeah. preparation for the next corporate world there. I mean, this, I guess it's on us to educate ourselves, but I think, and this isn't, this isn't a knock on the Navy by any means, but I think they do a pretty poor job, uh, teaching us finances. Right. And you would, and, you know, you look at an ensign, you know, say graduating from the Naval Academy, well, they're, you know, instantly leading, you know, teams of people. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, they're qualified to do that. So they probably understand finances, but right. in all reality, I don't think that, <laughs> the Navy does a really good job of letting you know how much you actually make comparable to the real world. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they have calculators out there. I don't find them very accurate. You know, I've had several different jobs now in the civilian sector. And I think, you know, a good calculation is taking what your take home pay is mm -hmm. every two weeks, saying this is my monthly pay, figuring out what your monthly cash is, and then times it by 12 and divided by 0.66. And that equivalent is pretty accurate what I found to what the equivalent you need to make in the real world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sure. Everyone knows, yeah, there's a bunch of non-taxable pays. I had no idea how much, how much we get taxed. Yeah. I was claiming Florida, uh, as my state of residence. Right. So you add, throw in California in there and now you have federal and state taxes. Um, and now you get, you know, commission checks that are taxed at 50%. So what you think you were going to make, yeah, um, is not nearly, you know, what you're going to make. So, Looking back, 
I was making a pretty decent amount of money, I guess, yeah. as a lieutenant in Hawaii, getting cost of living allowance, sub pay, C pay. So kind of being more uh, frugal, I guess, and smart with saving money, um, investments. And then even though I kind of contemplated buying a place in Hawaii, it was just, again, it was so foreign and it was kind of just a, an idea of just like, well, I can use a VA loan and right. didn't know anything about it. But, you know, someone mentioned buying a you know place at every duty station. I don't, I don't think you necessarily need to go to that extreme, but buying a place at, in Hawaii when I was stationed in Pearl Harbor, I think would have been an awesome uh, investment place. And yeah. then having just the experience under my belt at, you know, 26 versus, yeah. you know, 32, I guess mm -hmm. when I bought the place, you know, I probably would have had two, two more homes by then I or by now. Right. So, um, yeah, that's probably my advice. I mean, I, I know this is, <laughs> we're here talking homes, but I generally actually would have done that differently for a financial investment right. standpoint. So, right. Right. No. And that makes, that makes sense. But like you said too, like, we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes we don't have that education in, in Again, yeah, it's not the military's job to educate us, sure. but because so many people are pulled from so many different places, it's it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it is, it's kind of disorienting with prices and stuff like that. So I think it definitely it's kind of on people like myself or yourself when you're in to try to pass off whatever that you do know, you know, and that's yep. kind of what we're trying to do now, right? Like yeah. learn from what we should have done <laughs> and what we did do and what we did wrong and all that stuff. But that, I think that's huge. Just that uh, mentorship from people that have done it or know better, or wish that they had done it. I feel like anytime someone takes one of those steps, whether it's uh, it doesn't even have to be purchasing a home, it could be like, hey, I'm committing to put X amount into TSP, X amount into yep. this fund or whatever I'm doing. It might seem like a burden for like two months. Yeah. You know, after that, you just kind of adjust to it, to it, and yeah. it just you just don't even think about it again, yep. you know? And I, I think that that once you recognize that part of any kind of investing, you know, it just becomes natural and it becomes easy. And you know that, I mean, it happens, still happens to me when I bought this place, I'm like, Oh man, now that payment's going to be there. Don't think about it. It'll be okay in a month. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause yeah, you'll yeah. just suggest and it'll happen, but we all think about those things. But I, I, I think just setting something, uh, setting goals, setting a roadmap, and striving towards that, as long as you have something to go towards, you're gonna you're gonna probably get there. And if you don't, you're still gonna get a long ways, and set yourself up for better success down the road with that as well. And even without purchasing a home in Hawaii, that's pretty good life there anyway, huh? Yeah. Like I mean, but just, I'm sure you had a pretty good time there. So uh, yeah. I'm sure there's not too many regrets besides maybe a little investing. Yeah, and kind of looking back, maybe I just wanted a place so I could just go move back there during the entire pandemic crisis, but. That's not it. I actually was there right when it was starting, but before everything locked yeah. down and I was uh, flying back and then looked like, man, I should have just like been locked down there. Like yeah. just should have wrote it out. <laughs> no way. But okay. No better next time. Next time we have a pandemic, I'm staying in Hawaii. So just remind me of that. <laughs> but that's a good point too. have a place to hide out for sure. How about this one? We've talked about roadmaps yep. and stuff and playbooks for home purchase and stuff like that. And you came up with this idea actually last time we talked. So you want to kind of say a little something about it? I thought it was a pretty cool idea, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't know if it's applicable to you know everyone or maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I would love to have this playbook. So the, I guess the premise and idea behind this is if you have tangible goals again over a period of time and it's involving real estate, it's kind of creating that mutual fund of properties. Um, but you know, is it realistic or is it not? So, you know, I bought my initial home at 2018 and that is appreciated in value. And I'm looking to buy another one. But 
the conversations we've had is, you know, there's so many different options than instead of a home that you can buy. I mean, you can buy a family home. There could be an, like a teardown investment property. It could be a quadplex. And, you know, I even talked about, you know, potentially a place in Nevada because, you know, because of the tax breaks and, you know, our conversation kind of progressed and you were like, well, maybe the home that you want that like the nice livable home isn't the home now. Maybe the smarter idea is buying a fixer upper or a quadplex. And that's like a serious investment property. Mm. And then, you know, another thing we talked about was uh, the turnkeys. So these, these properties in Texas, there's a company that will, you pay 25, 20, 25% of a home that costs a hundred thousand, 150,000. So you put 20, 25,000 down and then you instantly start getting about $300 a month. So the way that works is the company does the complete flip you own the rights to the house, but they're a property management companies. So they flip it, then they rent it out and they give you a cut of the check. So I think your break even points about six years. So kind of, you know, with that idea in mind, and, you know, we also kind of joke, not joked around, but, you know, talked about maybe parking lots or other different investment properties. So, you know, you don't always want to, again, put all your eggs in one basket and just say, hey, you know, PB, San Diego, San right. Diego. Um, but where else can I spread that out? So, you know, when markets are kind of changing and, you know, San Diego is just kind of tough to buy a place on sale now, but if yeah. you want to buy an investment property, where, where else can you look to find some of those options? Right. So the idea behind the playbook was putting together, okay, so if I was say, you know, just we'll use a lieutenant, mm -hmm. right. You can figure out what your, you know, your pay is, what amount you're comfortable with spending, how much money. And that was the biggest concern for buying a place. It's like, well, how much money do I need to put down? Right. You know, is it going to be 50,000? I mean, I know it's a VA loan, right. But like, right. do I need, is there as like, how much does escrow cost? How much do I have to pay Jay? No, just, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So you can ask right. for like a hundred thousand dollar check, you know, and um, so, kinda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so understanding, you know, okay, so this is what I need. And then what is your next goal? Like maybe your next goal, because it takes say three years for your VA to free up just by standard mortgage payments. Maybe your next option is, you know, buying one of those turnkey places and getting some recurring revenue that way. And then while you have now it's, you know, two years later, now your, your VA freed up, are you going to buy that, you know, the home you've always wanted or do you maybe at this point buy that quadplex? So the idea is kind of coming up with a playbook of a few different options, kind of choose your own adventure, choose yeah. your own destiny. You know, what makes you comfortable or what is comfortable enough to live off of in, you know, residual income mm -hmm. per year. And once you figure out that number, kind of working backwards and putting together that playbook of, okay, so these are my tangible goals that I need to achieve yeah. and include and including on each one of those, right? So say you buy that first place. And it appreciates in value. Well, now you know you can rent for a higher amount. Right. Um, and then, well, what you know? Do you reinvest that? Pro you know, back in, and then, or do you pay? It, you know, how do you pay it off early? You know, are you looking at you know refinancing um, and including you know certain factors of like a cash out refi, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe I don't have the cash on hand for the third play, but maybe I do a cash out refi, which you know is fairly new to me from right. since our conversation starting, which you right. told me. Um, and then taking that money and reinvesting in that, or maybe I use it to buy out the VA loan. So just mm -hmm. providing a bunch of different options in a playbook um, to create kind of your end goal of residual income and working backwards to find out um, options that kind of meet your budget and timeline. Yeah, which I thought was pretty awesome because it's not like a, you know, it's not like a set thing. It's a like, hey, here's some good options and here's the, like the, the theory behind it. Here's the math behind it. You know what right. I mean? Because some things you're right. Like some things really can be accurately determined by just doing the math and doing like a little bit of the history research on, you know, like, uh, 
values, how they go up, whatever the case is, but also things like you're saying when you have different types of properties, maybe like for instance, a turnkey, you're, you've got this investment, you're getting 300 back. Does that, is that go into uh, saving for the next one? Does that go into, is that something you're living off of? Or is that going into, Hey, if you have a certain property with a little bit higher uh, rate that maybe uh, isn't really prime for refire right now, you're not going to get the maximum out of that. Maybe you're paying that 300 is going into paying extra into principal on that property. There are just so many things yep. that, like, that you can factor in to really give yourself those options to see how to move forward more quickly. So, yeah. And I mean, I guess one thing that's kind of common, I guess, with myself and also millennials is, you know, we, we really live in the now. So, you know, I have several friends who live in a really nice penthouse suite, you know, downtown, and they're paying a lot of money to live there. Right. right. And the question is, you know, well, if they're making decent amount of money to live at this penthouse suite, you know, why aren't they buying property? And I think, again, it's people don't always understand how easy that process can be and how minimal entry point you can get, whether it's the VA loan or even alternate options, which we're discussing in that playbook of saying like, right. well, because I didn't even know some of these things, right, that right. you taught me. So like, well, if you have five, 10% down, mm -hmm. sure. My girlfriend, Lydia, so we had this conversation and I said, hey, if I could, if I told you that you could buy a place in Tahoe for putting $25,000 down, yeah. would that change your mindset on how you spend money? And she's like, yeah. And I think for a lot of people buying a home because you think of the 20% is unachievable. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of, you know, it's daunting and it's scary, but you know, the idea of having achievable metrics along the way, those KPIs mm -hmm. to really mark where you want to be in a certain amount of time and just knowing, understanding what those options are. I mean, for me, get me really excited about saving money yeah. where in reality, I would be the guy in the penthouse suite who's just living there day to day because I don't think it's realistic to buy one home, let alone, you know, three or four. Right. You know, no, but that's true. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I understand that as yeah. you're saying, once you kind of break that barrier though, it's kind of hard to look at it a different way. Once you get a little bit of that kind of taste of, uh, I don't know, like, I don't want to say free income because yeah. you're still invested in it. It's still an investment. It really sure. is. That's yep. what it is. But there's the fact of like living in your home for the last year and a half, the value has gone up and you haven't, you know what I mean? You're yeah. just enjoying your beach home yeah. and it's making money while you enjoy your beach home. Yep. So that's, that's pretty, uh, I don't know. That's just a phenomenal concept to me. And I just like suck at understanding stocks and shit. So, so again, that becomes my kind of that side thing that I do. So, um, I just don't understand that as well, but <laughs> Andrew also volunteered, uh, to participate and, uh, write this book, right. <laughs> Not to throw you under bus, but in conjunction, <laughs> fair um, enough. No, I'm absolutely, I would love to be the test case study here. Um, I mean, the more, the more of our conversations that we have, the more I get excited about real estate, because I, every time I leave one of our conversations, I learn something new. And when I say it's, I don't know if workaround's the right word. I think it's just, I guess, educating yourself, but really understanding your options. And I think, you know, if you are looking for a place or you do know a place, it's naive not to explore what the options are. And knowing that, say, I mean, even for, for your family, if you have one, right, if you do need the cash that you do have a cash out refi as an option, or there are options available. And back to, I guess, my volunteering for doing this playbook, for me, it's a huge educational experience. And I think the more that I can, you know, learn about this stuff, but then also use myself as a use case, uh, the more that I can help educate others. And, you know, I've told some of my friends who are still in the Navy um, who didn't think that buying a place is achievable or it's something that fits within their budget. Um, 
you know, and I've had several conversations with them about, look, this is very realistic and this is possible. Um, so kind of, you know, putting together this playbook, like hoping I can share this with some friends who have been, you know, kind of resistant to the idea of doing it. Yeah. Hopefully it will, you know, people will just realize how it really is kind of easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just find the right people and, and latch on and, and just do it and, and get in there. And for all the people that we're talking about, like that kind of have that mental block to do it. Uh, we were talking earlier as well, kind of another test case, um, if you will, but this and i say kid because you know he's 18 he's going to be on one of the podcasts here uh, coming up pretty soon but reached out and he is currently in his first duty station marine corps like out of boot camp out of his first school and this guy is like waiting he's got like 30 more days until he is actually eligible for his va loan because it happened to be you know at his station for so much time and so he's working on getting his prequal right now because as soon as it's eligible he's already got roommates he's ready to buy properties already picking out homes he's like sending them to me and like this is out of state so i'm not like doing this deal i'm just working with him to help help because I'm excited for him. And I'm just thinking like uh, the things you're talking about, you're, you're going to make an impact on, you know, your friends, for instance, like you're like, dude, I just moved back about this place, the beach and it's making money. And that's going to make an impact on them through your action. And hopefully some of these like conversations make an impact on some people, but I'm telling this guy, you know, I'm like, dude, you're lands corporal and you've been in the Marine Corps like six months. You know, and you're about to buy a house, turn it into renting it out rooms to people. And he's already looking kind of what we're talking about beyond like how. So at what point will I make enough from this to get the next one? Like how how quickly can I get to the next thing? And I'm just like, man, that mindset at that. It's not like a can I do this? It's how can I do this? And he's just like, you know, he'll text me. Hey, uh, what do you think of that? Like just randomly shit. I'm like, that's that's a bad one. Oh, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? But he is like on it. So I'm so excited for that one too, which I think will be another good uh, kind of test case, if you will, or just example, yeah. you know, but that kind of excites me. And I always think when someone's like, I, I, I'd probably from now on, once he, I just wait for him to get that first home. And then whenever it's like, well, I can't afford it. I'm like, look at this guy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. huh? <laughs> we know what he makes. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I admire that so much. Whoever had, I, I forget who you mentioned, I uh, had the first conversation with him about huh. that, but great mentor first of all um, right. great advice um, i mean if you think about it at that age i mean for me selfishly i mean i just spent my money and you yeah, know you just kind of wouldn't you whether yeah yeah exactly you know but because there's nothing tangible there's no tangible goals that you have like what is the purpose of saving so you have money when you're old and you're like i'm only 18 you know yeah but i mean he figured it out to to start at that age and just i don't know it's almost and i'm sure once he you know finalizes his first place he's just going to be saving up for the next one and just be so easy yeah. after that. I should go back and do that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just go back, go back, start over. It's all good. Oh, I think you got a plenty early start, man. I think you're gonna be just fine, especially with the you know your first per, like just the return on that already is gonna yeah. be great. So yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean. There's like someone who just didn't have that. It was just all mindset of like, hey, I th- I want to do this. Just can you guide me to the direction that can and that guy's going to do it regardless. You know what I mean? That's just, to me is very impressive. And I'm like, just think that that's a great example of someone who like set a goal and just 
figured out how to do it, you know, so I'm pretty, pretty stoked on that. And I think that'll be a good addition to your book there that you're going to write. (laughs) But I I mean, I do, I am excited about that too. I think that'll be a fun project to work on, you know, kind of do that playbook type thing and give some options. Yeah. And and even evaluating if I did it wrong. Right. Yeah. Meaning like, I know, you know, I guess the VA rules change. So, but you know, if I say bought a place half as expensive as my first place, is that the smarter move? So I have a place to live in, you know, just to build equity. And then, you know, now that the VA loan that I have to pay off is smaller, now that I can use a larger jumbo loan, I guess, if you will, right. for the, for the next one. Right. Um, or was it, did I do it right? Because I, you know, it's the, the higher end side. So now the appreciation is that much greater. So now I have more cash to pull out if I did a cash out refi. So right. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it'd be exciting to kind of crunch the numbers and yeah. play, different, uh, play with a few different things and see. Yeah. But I think the intangible side of it is I, I think you did it right because you knew the areas you wanted to live. You yeah, found the place that you liked and wanted to live and yeah. you're making fucking money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think you crushed it. Honestly, I think you did what, because you didn't give up. I don't feel like, uh, and you know, maybe there's certain things that you, but in my, from our conversations, I don't feel like you settled or gave up on something you wanted for one thing or the other. You made a smart purchase, smart investment and also a home in the area and the, you know, that suited what you wanted. Yeah. So yeah, man, I think you crushed that one actually. Yeah. And I mean, even if you could have made a hundred, let's just say you could have made $10,000 more in the last year of a pre, which still is pretty phenomenal. Like what you've already made, but like, if you could have made $10,000 more, is that really any more important than your satisfaction of how and where you're living? You know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, to be honest, like the only, the only thing that I would have been happier with is if it, if I had a, like a backyard. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. An awesome yeah. porch, you know, but again, you know, you have to be realistic with like your budget. And I think at the time that was, you know, it was just a perfect match. Yeah. So I think it was, it was good timing and yeah, I don't regret it, regret it at all, but I guess it got me excited to like continue well, to look on. Yeah. And that's great. Cause you always have, you know what I mean? You can always come back to it if you want, you yeah. can always do, it would do whatever you want. I'm a little jealous of that one because I, I would have loved to have done it. When I kind of the same thing, when I, when I moved back here, I'd had properties before, but I, um, after getting divorced and stuff, it kind of was like, all right, kind of like reverted back from like buying properties in your twenties to then it's like my thirties going like, screw this. Like I just lost three houses, you know, like I'm just going to go like live to the beach and just do whatever. But it was like exactly opposite of everything I knew. So I had that little break of period where I'm like, finally snap out of it. You know, you're like, dude, what are you doing? Like you've already, like, I can't even use ignorance because I'd already seen how important one thing is. And then just like coming off of that, it was like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, it's kind of just like hang out time at the beach. Let me buy a boat. Let's buy a car. Let's buy motorcycles. I went through all that, like after, you know, and then it's like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, you know, so, I mean, then you get the penthouse suite downtown. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> actually, actually, that was paid for by my rentals. So, <laughs> so I can't. Uh, yeah, that was nice. But uh, yeah, I should have done the penthouse. Suite. No, but uh, yeah, no, it is like you're, you're exactly right, though. It's if you can find something that makes you happy and you can make the smart decision, I think that's cool. But People like yourself, people like me will always go back and look at the numbers. I could have done this much better, but that's cool because it's not like that you would necessarily change that choice. It just means that you have that in your kind of your, you know, your knowledge bank for looking at the next one, you know, maybe make it a little bit, you know, I don't know, better. 
I don't even know if there's better or worse, especially the roads we've gone down our conversations where we're like spread everywhere. It's like, well, I might want this. Cool. You can do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's all, all that, you know, and it just, I think a big thing that both I've taken away from some of our conversations about looking towards like, Hey, what's my, like, should I work towards getting my dream home now? And just the realization that I've had over time. And we've talked about this is what I think of now at this point in my life as what I want is nothing. What I thought I wanted when I was like in my twenties or something, you know what I mean? Like, actually I want less now. I don't care about certain things as much. I want freedom and money does provide you a certain amount of freedom and stuff, but that like huge house or certain things from it looks cool for a few minutes. And then I'm like, dude, who's going to clean that? How much is it going to cost that to get cleaned? Cause it's not going to be me. Yeah. It's just different. You're, so I think you do have to live a little bit for what you want now, but also with the financial side of what you want in the future, but you can't really just jump in and go, I want this now because of it's going to be my dream over yep. whatever the case is. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, I don't know, that took me a while to get to that one because. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's tough, right? When it's, it's such a large investment and, you know, I did, and I know a lot of others, if you're either saving for a place or you have a place you saved for a long time, you worked really hard for that money and you want that place to be your perfect place. Yeah. And in all reality, like it's, it's possible, but I mean, no place is perfect. Right. Yeah, and no. I mean, yeah, sure. If you don't have a budget, I mean, there's a $2 yeah. million dollar place in La Jolla that I would love to have. Right? right. But also being realistic with what is the dream home, right. Versus what is the realistic home. And mm-hmm. I mean, my place, I love it and it's my dream home, but it wasn't my dream home when I had mine. Right. And it's, right. It's, I guess it's my dream home because it's mine. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I love it and I'm going to have it for a long time and it's a great investment, but I thought maybe my dream home, if you will, would be next. Right. And this yeah. was just a kind of investment rental property, sure. but like my mindset is continuing to find more investment properties mm-hmm. because I think the idea is having enough uh, rental properties to so have residual income. So you have that job security to kind of live on your own and that freedom. And for me, financial freedom you know, if someone's like, what is, what amount do you have to make? And it's not so much what you have to make for me in a job. It's how much do you have, you know, in that recurring revenue. So right. it, and it doesn't, for me, it's, it's honestly not a lot. Yeah. If I have a place to live in and I can travel and I say travel the world, but I don't mean extravagantly, yeah. I mean, within reason, and then maybe, you know, manage some kind of business that's my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's, you know, financial freedom. Right. But, you know, I do think it's, you know, your approach and I don't know if you want to expand on it, but your idea of the residual income and how you're kind of using the profits from some of your rental properties, you're right. reinvesting that um, in order to kind of build more of that. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of tracking towards your end goal, you know? Yeah, kind of. Absolutely. You know, I know you nailed it. And and for me, it's, it really kind of resonated when you talked a few weeks ago about that playbook and you're like saying like, Hey, this like roadmap playbook of options of what to do because of kind of, and I didn't, it wasn't set out to be that way at first, but when I got the properties that you know about, you know, the ones in the big park area, and then like, I put no money into those that was VA loan. So I had no money into it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit of closing costs. I don't know, but I can't remember. I should try to look that up, but those just kind of like covered rent, you know, the way they were and they were run down, like they needed some love, you know, and then, but I was uh, going to Japan. So they covered rent for the time I was gone. When I came back, they appreciated enough where I took a home equity line, used that to renovate them, then raised rent. So then I was making rental profit. And then it appreciated enough that I did where we got to the point about the cash out refi. So my payment stayed the same because rates had gone down and it appreciated. So my payment stayed the same. I got rid of the HELOC. I took out a decent amount of money enough to where uh, the house we're in now that uh, I used 
that for down payment and then have enough left to try to find something else. And now the rents from those two are paying for this mortgage and that one. So, and that's kind of, to me, like it, it really, it, it was perfect timing when you brought up that playbook thing. Cause I'm like, oh man, I could just, I need to just track this money from the zero point of like not putting money into the, that VA loan, you know, for those two properties right. and just kind of track what I can do. So now I'm like, other than like, I am using some of that, you know, that money to furnish this. Cause I figure like that's part of it. Like, to, you know, cause it's still got to do blinds or the shades, all the crap that comes Any with new construction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like something, something on the wall. And if my furniture, ever, yeah, yeah, hey man, my excuse is COVID has slowed down delivery. So uh, okay. he's making fun of me cause I don't have furniture. <laughs> I have a few things. But yeah, so I think that that, that kind of got me excited to go back and look at that process and then track what I can do with the rest of the money from that too. Like, where do I want to invest? And so before I was like, maybe I'll wait for this. But now I'm like, now I want to roll that into another type of property or something and just try to see if I can track where I can go with a zero down VA loan and just leveraging that same money and see how far I can take it. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited for that part of the of your book. <laughs> no, but I, but I think I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see some of the things you come up with. So I think this is going to be a fun project, honestly. Yeah. And really all it's going to be is documenting the same conversations we have all the time, except putting some numbers behind paper. it and show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. So I think, uh, thank you for that idea too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's great. I'll definitely be participant while you write your book. I'm just trying to like push this whole thing yeah. off on you as much as I can. Or maybe we just need to hire someone to uh, where we just talk and they just transcribe all of our <laughs> ideas into something and, and throw some uh, research behind it for us. Maybe that would be a, yeah. an option too. Well, I need you there as a consultant guiding me. So there we go. We'll do that. Yeah. I think <laughs> we can do it. What's sad is we're not even drinking whiskey today. We're just coming up with bullshit. Um, on our water. So <laughs> you just see, uh, we'd need a little something to get creative, but, but no, I think that that's going to be a fun, a uh, fun thing for sure. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. And I know both of us, not like either of us need more on our plate really, but when it's kind of a, yeah, but I mean, again, uh, this is a learning slash fun thing. Yeah. I mean, selfishly it's, you know, impacting my finances and my goals. Right. right so, right. and I've done it. I mean, you can Google what a cash out refi is or a HELOC is. Yeah. And, gives you a verbatim statement, but how do you apply that? Right. 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 Just, you know, you're just going to call a random number. So yeah. trying to you know, take some of your lessons learned or things that have worked and then exploring other options. Uh, I mean, for me, it's going to be an awesome exercise to figure out. Yeah, it's great. And I, I think one of the things I've taken away from some of this journey of like trying to learn some of these things and reaching out to people and even reaching out to people for uh, podcast interviews or our conversations are a lot of these things now, when you like, for instance, you asked me earlier questions, I didn't know, I'm like, shit, I don't know. But the cool thing now with these things is like, I know some people who do now, you know, so no matter how random it is now that I, at least I have a direction to go, whereas like, honestly, two years ago, even I would be like, shit, I don't even know where to begin to look at <laughs> beyond like a Google or something, right. which then you got to sort through what's, you know, valuable, what's not. But I think that that's a huge asset too, is just like, as we all build up our our network of people that we trust and, and things like that. So I think that's uh, super important as well. And I'm really appreciative, uh, appreciative of the people that kind of keep me out of trouble all the time, because there's definitely a lot of, the, a lot of work for that, but, um, but you know, that I can like uh, reach out to with some like quality information uh, and stuff and, and people to talk and bounce ideas off of and, and stuff like that. So hopefully we can definitely grow some cool stuff together. You know what I mean? And put some cool uh, ideas on paper and, yeah. and share that. 
<clears throat> so we have more of this, uh, more 18 year old, uh, military kids just starting their empire, you know, right away. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot then. Oh, so shit. based on what, you know, kind of mm-hmm. my pipeline, what are your thoughts on your recommendation for a next kind of portfolio police or that next, next piece of the playbook for for your, okay. For your situation right now. Yeah. Coming from our last conversation a couple of weeks ago, I kind of was thinking like there's one of two ways and it kind of depends. I, I look at things also as uh, once you have the options, then you know, once you know how to uh, free up, for instance, like your, your cash or your loan or whatever the case is, then you have the options. Sometimes I let the decision, if I come down to two, like, hey, these are my top two, sometimes a decision will make itself, like it'll present itself like, well, that's a much better particular deal than this one. Does yep. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I kind of feel like yours are knowing the more we've talked about investing, I think that you're like definitely leaning kind of to that point right now to try to get something more uh, maximizing uh, what what you're getting in return. So I feel like based on that part right now, refining out of your VA now, because you know it's different than it was just two years ago. So now yep. it's like, there's no limit. So, and then also knowing that, you know, that you can do it, I think, man, refile, get your VA loan back and then use that for uh, investment property. But like the larger, especially if you're doing it while shit, we're in like the twos for VA loans, like interest rate, yeah. that's just ridiculous. So, and part of this is based just on the situation we're in now with the, with interest rates. So if you were to like tomorrow, get your VA loan back, I'm like, dude, buy a triplex, a, you know, quadplex, some, buy, buy something with that and maximize the leverage of that while the rates are so low. Yeah. I want to come back to interest rates after this. Okay. But, so as far as the quadplex, we kind of bounce that idea around. I think it's, I think that I'm also leaning towards that, but my fear or concern, I guess would be I mean, what kind of quality quadplex can you get? And like, what is realistic for the the risk that you're going to inherit for probably a fixer up? And I know we kind of talked about possibly living there, you know, and fixing up three of the, I guess, rental, right. rental spaces and yeah. living in one and what kind of timeline? I mean, do you have any thoughts on like how, like, are they, it, it just depends honestly on what's there at the time, yeah. you know, what's available at that time. I think there's a couple options with that as well. If you were staying, let's say, uh, finding one in San Diego, then I think that's a good way to go just because the the price to entry uh, for that menu is going to be a little higher. So maybe it is more beneficial to live in the one, fix what fix that one up while the others are rented and kind of circulate that. But also uh, I would say to your point on the tax thing as well, it may be worthwhile. I mean, this would take more research and I'm happy to help like, because anything that we research together, it benefits me too, because I can utilize it later when I need it too. But possibly other areas that are growing that maybe the the pricing is a little different, you know, whereas if you can get four units in another state that has, I think we've talked about this a few times too. Like I always like to think of it as two um, possible positive outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you find an area like, oh, cool, this city or whatever in whatever state with lower taxes has anywhere else. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much anywhere else. Yeah. Is, is growing, you know, it has this industry growing or it has this university or it has this for tourism, you know, so there's like at least two things that are keeping people there steadily to rent. I think that may be worthwhile to look at because if you could get say four units for a million dollars as opposed to four units for two million, and that's being kind of you know low here for for some of the things you know, but like we're talking about fixing up, but you also may not even need to do that. Um, in another area, it might be something where you can get 
four units or three units or something for a good price where they're already like where the extra put into it isn't going to really bring you that much more return. So that might just be a like ready to go, but utilizing your larger loan and using the low interest rates at that area, that's going to be a little bit different. Cause if you're doing that one, that means like, all right, cool. So you, you do that and you're technically going to live in it cause it's a VA loan. So, uh, you know, if you go out of state, that's going to take a little bit of your time, whatever there, but you know, as long as you intend to live in it, then right, you can right. be okay. But the, yeah, now I'm going down a rabbit hole, a whole different direction. Right. But no, I just think that yet yeah, maximizing that VA loan again right now while you're in that, because I feel like you're in that mindset now, the growth of the investment thing. So wherever it is, even if it were here, shit, maybe that's something for a Tahoe thing. But yeah, maximizing that, getting more units from that one, because then that revenue and whatever you're making from, you know, the, the PB place, then you could use that towards what you want for now, you know, because right, maybe right. you just want a, a nice condo on the beach, like on the beach or something, who knows, you know, and it really gives you that option. But I, I would say leveraging that while the rates are low. Yeah, absolutely. I know one thing I want to touch on was interest rates. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I don't know if you've covered this before, mm -hmm. but can you explain kind of your projections or maybe just walk through your projections on the interest rates now and what that means? Yeah, sure. And it's like, honestly, for me, it's just, I guess you would call it, I don't want to say educated guess, but just from tracking in, like talking to people smarter than me on these things and just kind of looking at the state of where we are right now. I think that at least through this year, like we're going to stay low and, and probably even drop a little bit more. That's what I think. Kind of to the point of what we were saying before we started recording of I'm may even like refi all my stuff. If it does continue down this road a little bit, I may refi everything this fall, not necessarily the cash out, but just to refi to the lower rate and then also take my VA loan back to be able to use again, then I can buy the fourplex next door to you. But I think for at least the rest of this year, and then, you know, I, I think elections are always a wild card. So I try not to, uh, you know, I'm trying to make most of my stuff off of now, you know, into November. So I kind of want to do whatever I'm going to do personally by like October. But yeah, I think they're going to keep going down a little bit. So I want to maximize that as well. And that's why I'm kind of trying to hustle right now to basically, you know, if that's going to happen, I want to be able to get another place and try to get one more property before the end of the year. So as far as refinancing, when you're on VA, mm -hmm. I think it's every like 210 days. So every six, is it six months? Six months, I believe for their every apparel. Six yeah. For the rapid refinance. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> my Instagram has just been littered with, I don't know. I don't even know what it says, but you kind of click on it. It's like free money for vets. And then you yeah. click on it and it's for a refinance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get them out. Like I get probably like two letters a day from different random things about uh, refine my VA. Like, and, and then it's funny because they're looking at these rates. I'm like, my rates already. Yeah. So they're, oh, I can get, I can save you, you know, 40,000 a year. I'm like, your rates higher than the one I have. Like, okay, but whatever. So if anyone asks, what is your biggest regret about buying a place? It's all the mail that you'll get afterwards it's from people. So asking, true. Fine, it is so true. true. The one question that I remember what I was going to ask now. So they just changed the rule on the VA loan. Mm -hmm. There's no cap now. Was there anything written down on how long that that's going to be valid for? Is that time or is it could no. it just change with maybe perhaps the election? Is that something that we No, this one is like, it, I mean, it could change. I'm sure, you know, it could change at any time, but no, this was just another, the whole act is like a, a longer name of something, but so it's wrapped into one of, you know, something that has a impact across a, a few different things. So this was just one of the perks from that. So it's not really tied to, uh, you know, something like that. I mean, I'm sure it could change, but, but yeah, now it's just, you know, that was just as of, you know, this past year. So, so now not having that limit, but they're 
could be limits per lender or per situation too. So like to clear good point, you know, to bring that up because to clarify that, like you may go, one lender may say, Hey, yeah, we, we max out at like 1.5. We max out at 2 million. Oh, you may have okay. to, depending, you know, just yeah, depends. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing, because everyone can set their own, you know, people can set their own limits or banks or whatever. But the other thing to remember too, is people have to be able to qualify for it. So yeah, there's no limit if you qualify for that loan. So if you have the income and the credit for a $2 million property, then you can get a $2 million loan, right? Got it. But this is one of the things when we, we talked before, um, what a lot of people don't realize as well is that the rental income from additional units, that's why when I talk personally, like I, I can't go buy a $2 million property for myself. You know what I mean? That's just uh, one, I wouldn't qualify for it. Two, it's too much to clean. Two, yeah, exactly. I'm not, yeah, exactly. Can't afford the cleaning. Um, but, but yeah, but I still would absolutely love to leverage $2 million at a low interest rate loan for multiple units where the rents of those units counts towards your loan. So it counts towards your income. Yeah. Or however that. That's a. That's another great point. So can you kind of walk through that again for, say, we're looking at, again, a quadplex for the next place and it's currently being rented. It's kind of, maybe it's rent down a little bit, but there's four renters. Sure. How realistic is it to find a place that's fully occupied? Not too unrealistic, honestly, on a lot of those. I don't see a lot of the fourplexes right now here, but maybe it's just because rents are so high. People are like loving their rental income, so they're not listing them. But um, for instance, like I've seen several of the duplexes or the multifamilies that two two homes on one lot who are always rented. If they list them, be, hey, we'll show it with an accepted offer because they're like, hey, there's tenants there. We're not just having people come in and out of tenants. Right. So there's a lot that are, I think a lot of those are actually fully rented. So you already have that there. And so if you now, if you're doing it with your VA, because you're, it's supposed to be like, you know, you're going to kick one family out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So if you one out or you don't have to kick them out right away because you can intend to live there. So like if their lease is up in like nine months or whatever, okay, cool. You're intending to live there within the year. And again, like depending on when someone listens to this, who knows what it'll be a year from now or something, but, but it's been that way for quite a while, actually. Um, but if you intend to live there, then you're good. And if they're going to be moving out in a year, like, cool, then maybe that's when you move in and do a little bit of upkeep and, and, you know, you can hop around units if you want, but those, uh, three, the other three units can count towards your qualifying for that size of a loan. Interesting. So another question for you, if you're looking for, I, I don't know, maybe it's just in my head, kind of going back to the vision of, you know, when you buy a place, it's, you know, a lot of investment money, but if you're looking for an investment property, you know, the one subjective struggle I have with buying, say a quadplex in Texas is I don't want a place in Texas. You know, right, I mean, my, right. my little brother, he's a naval officer stationed out in Rota, Spain. My younger brother bought a place in Hawaii before I bought a place. Right. But right. anyways, you know, he was looking at different places. He found one. I really liked it. Um, he loved it, but I guess the, the building was new and it wasn't over 70% occupied or right. some rule for the BA loan. And he ended up buying a second place that he jumped on. He said, you know, I had to jump on it. You know, places in Hawaii go really quick and he didn't love it. And I'm like, do you love it? And he's like, it's, it's a fixer upper. Yeah. You know, that I was like, well, like, think about it this way. You know, if the price of that home goes to zero dollars, will you still be excited to have it? And he's like, eh, not really. I'm like, well, then maybe you should wait. Right. So now, you know, fast forward five years, he still has a place. It's being rented. He's, I just think, barely cutting his mortgage, still fixer upper, and he's still not, you know, super pumped about yeah. it. Yeah. So I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, for buying a quadplex in Texas, mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's an investment property, but I'm yeah. not overly excited about 
say the property value yeah. did go to zero, having a quadplex there, or yeah. I don't know much about te- just say for example, yeah. Texas, but say it's San Diego mm-hmm. and maybe it's, you know, it's East County or maybe, I don't know, North County. I don't even know where you would find a quadplex that I can afford. Right. But, you know, having it kind of local is also just a peace of mind of it's close. Right. You know, and it's just, if something goes wrong or, you know, there's maintenance that needs to be done, you're kind of like, it's tangible, it's touchable. Do you have any kind of recommendations on how, like, where would you look and what trends are you tracking or heat maps or key considerations for someone like myself to say, these are good areas to look like. Sure. Yeah. No, no, it makes sense. And I'd say kind of to that point too, like that kind of really just answered a, a huge question. There's like, if you did want to do this now, like you should do it close by, you know what I mean? Because yeah, sure. you're going to want to be active in it and you're going to want to take care of that. And it solves any of that, like down the road, you've got to live into your, you know, use your VA loan, be primary residence and stuff. So you'll have that, right, right. that part will be taken care of. I guess two answers to this, because it made me think of something else when you're talking about it. To me, like heat maps, as far as like something like this, I think that anywhere that makes sense, because it depends on the price of it. If it's really going to be closer to that, uh, you know, like just an investment property, then I wouldn't care as much where it was. Like, even if I had to live in it for a while or whatever the case is, I would be more of like the cost to buy there versus like what I could rent it for. But I would absolutely, you know, uh, some of the areas that I would like, let's just stick to like common areas that we know right here, like closer to San Diego right now like things that are moving out like we sell a ton of things in santee right now because that's like as close as you can stay especially with some military you know obviously our clients are a lot of military clients and they can have a little bit of vr they have pools and then like there's like uh good infrastructure with like you know the town square trolley square whatever it is there so right now we're selling a lot there and it's still in san diego terms somewhat affordable it's not cheap i mean we've driven by there in this amazing properties i had no idea Mm -hmm. that santee was you know oh yeah there's some great stuff there yeah Yeah, it's it's phenomenal no it is it is so like there's some cool stuff there so if you can get some certain things there i think it's cool but then a lot of the more multifamily type units are more central because they've always had that kind of i guess i don't want to say density map or whatever but more people are used to living more densely so like, you know, the kind of Michelin Hills area, there's a few things like uh, central in the park areas, like of uh, like North Park, South Park things, Claremont-ish Bay Park areas are pretty good. And obviously any of the beach areas, if you can find it pretty phenomenal, you know, you're, not, you're never going to go wrong because just from having the land there. Yeah. But when you're talking about things that are coming up and getting ahead of some of the stuff, uh, a couple things that I think of are, we've talked before, like Bay Park, that whole area rolling over in front of to, you know, Claremont Drive and everything, but that whole area with the train uh, trolleys coming, stuff like that. You know, there's already seems to be an increase in some of the pre-COVID and increase in some of like the little shops and restaurants, stuff like that going along that area. So I think that's going to continue to go up, but it's also not just because of a trolley, but because it's also coastal, it's close, you know, it's not on the beach, but it's close. It's central to everything like the freeway, you know, you can get on every freeway, you can get on the five, you can get on the eight, you can get anywhere from there. So uh, that I think is going to continue to grow quickly. I think also kind of Point Loma area, especially the uh, areas that are still a little bit commercial, because I know that's kind of a big push is trying to get more coastal property. So I think that that's going to be developed a little bit more or renewed. So I think anything that you can get like that top part of OB to Point Loma and then down into Point Loma, getting into anything there, 
I think will be beneficial. The other two is like Logan Heights, man. Like, I don't know if you oh, like yes. uh, one of my friends, he was smart to do it too. We got helped him get into a, a townhome just a year or so ago. He sold a condo in Mission Valley and an older one. And then like a year later and, you know, took the money from that stuff and a year later or so got up this one in Logan Heights and it's a newer community of like townhomes and stuff. It rented in like a minute. You know, literally it's like an ad and you get applications and it's like, you know, long, they've been there the whole time and it's just kind of growing, but it was still like the price was kind of low, you know what I mean? For, for that area. And like, you've seen Barrio Logan is like brand new now. So I think that's still kind of cool, especially getting just, I mean, it's like going fast, like it's really kind of growing quickly. So I think any of those type areas are pretty phenomenal, but back to the whole thing of finding those triplexes or quadplex or something. Right now, since we're so lacking housing that you like, I don't know if I told you this, but, uh, you know, we just put one of mine up for to rent and two of the, the first people that applied, they started bidding the rent up to try to make sure they got the, I'm like, Holy, like what market are we in housing market where their tenants are like, Hey, I'll pay 150 more just to keep us in the game. And you're like, Holy crap, dude. Like, I mean, this is, it's crazy to me. So that, that just kind of, like we're saying, the rents are just going to keep going, keep going. Um, and they'll do no, it themselves. Look, they'll grow themselves up. So that's kind of cool. With everyone working remote, they're like, let's go to San Diego. Seriously. Yeah. Right. Might as well be there. But yeah, with the lack of housing now and making the ADU laws. So, you know, getting permitted for ADU laws and adding units to the property. So that's another ADU laws? Uh, auxiliary dwelling unit. So you can essentially add a apartment at a home to your lot. And they've already done, they've actually on the government, on the city website, they have plans already there that are pre-approved. So you can just like have them built and dropped on. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's another way to look at is the possibility of like, Hey, if you don't find a, something that you really like, a quadplex or something like that is by just find a place that you like the home or it has potential or it has two homes and it has enough lot to add more, you know, and just maximize it that way because the cost to build and, or to place them there or build up is going to be less than, you know, the cost per square foot of, you know, a different property. Cause really the land is, is kind of the kicker, right? Yeah. So you can still yeah. rent for that same price that you're paying less for, for the square footage of the rental. So it's another way to kind of maximize that as well, to add, add, add doors to like, you know, the lots that you do have. This whole time I've just been tricking you and writing another piece of my playbook. Right. Yeah, I know, dude, you one. did. You just lured me in, man. <laughs> Shit. Well played. <laughs> well, you don't need me anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you. I'm leaving you in charge of the business. So, so. All right, let's go. We're done. Done. Yeah, I know. But those are good questions. But that's why I like these conversations we have because it makes like not all the time am I thinking about those type of things. So, and now it'll bug me because I'll, I'll think later tonight. I'll be like, shit, wait, would, would there be a better play? And now it's going to make me dig into it more. So thanks for that, man. <laughs> Appreciate that. Ruined my evening. Um, but no, those are like, those are the, the great questions that help develop some cool plans, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So which one are you going to do? One of each. I, will, I mean, I completely forgot about the ADU until you just mentioned it. And now, I don't know. I Good. I hope that throws some more happened. shit in your head that you got to hang about. Now, after you ruined my night. So for someone like myself, if I just want to do some, you know, solo research on quadplexes, right? Like, I mean, what do you recommend? Oh, man, that's a good question. Like, I, I'll have to get back and like, look, I mean, because 
man, I feel like whenever I'm looking at stuff, I just kind of, uh, try to hash out what looks legit or something, or I ask someone, um, that's like really more in depth into that. So I can get answer back to you and, uh, get some valuable stuff. But usually for me, it's just, I start digging in and, and if it looks reputable and it makes sense, then I kind of like just put it against something else. You know what I mean? Like, Oh wait, here's two things that look legit and they're saying kind of the same thing. Right. So if I, I mean, I guess the angle is kind of looking at a place and then say it's X amount, but then understanding like, okay, well, what can I get for rent for that? Like, is it going to cover the mortgage? And then it's like, sure, you can do maybe look at the average rent in the area, but like, is that really, I mean, I guess you could probably figure out what they're paying, but no, you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, and I can, like obviously always like send you stuff like that. And like the, the easy first step way just to like kind of cut to the chase right, yeah, yeah. is like, I use Rent-A-Meter and there's a couple other sites or, you know, apps or whatever that you can do, but I use Rent-A-Meter and you just can go in and like, they have a free, you can do a few searches, I think free as well, but I pay for it. So I just go in and you put in like the area that it is, or you put in the address and like the bedrooms, bath, you know, whatever it is, just the basics. And then it'll give you like the the average rent, the median rent, the 25% low, 25% high. So like the 75 percentile, 25th percentile. So it'll give you all that. And then it'll give you a list of the property, the properties that it's, it's using for comps. Right. And it'll give you the high, middle and low of That's those. Very cool. So it's cool. Cause it's like that area and it tells you how far away they are from your subject property. So it tells you how far away. And then you can also, the, the, you can then look at the intangibles, especially if it's a, an area like, like you're talking about in San Diego, then you can drive over and kind of see what some of the differences are if you get to that point. But like right off the bat, that might weed out some stuff. You know, you're like, yeah, oh no, yeah. I don't think this is like a uh, cost for the, you know, it's not really worth the the return. But once you get deeper, like you're like, okay, that looks interesting. This looks like it might be one. Then when you just go to the areas and you can see like, oh wait, okay, this, this one isn't really constructed the same. This is not the same house as say this one renting as a three, two. Right. Right. So you can kind of do those type type of comparison. You can do some of that just honestly on Google earth, like doing the little <laughs> Google satellite search and you're looking like, ah, I don't know if they repaired it that much in the last they have two cats they, and a dog. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I could tell you all that, but yeah. So I think that's the easiest first stop. And then you can start getting into like, depending on, uh, you know, what you're putting into it, what your rent's going to be back if it's like you know if you're repairing if you're not repairing just as is and then there's it's crazy now there's people for instance a guy was on the podcast last week greg rellins like does uh short-term rental he's a former marine officer huey pilot right so he was on in his company coming out of that he started short-term rental management so they'll do like you can okay cool see all right cool this is what i get for uh, long-term rentals, you know, like, oh, I could rent this for X amount of month, this room for X amount of month, this, this unit for X amount of month. He can then also do give you the, uh, kind of dig in and say, Hey, this is, this is what you could get for short-term rentals. So you can see that because maybe one of them, you want to do that. You know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't want to mess with all, but it's something else to look at when you're looking at the kind of best possible use and where you can get the best revenue from it. So is it his company or is mm-hmm. it, okay. So does his, his company breaks down, say you have two rental properties mm-hmm. and they say, this is what you can make from an actual rental versus Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So- well, they don't do the rental. They'll do the Airbnb side. So like you can easily like the rental parts a little bit easier. It's like long-term rental. Cause mm-hmm. that's where you like use like yeah. rent a pro or something Easy, like yeah, rent yeah. Prop, whatever it is. And then you can also look, you know, you can look on like hot pads or, uh, 
uh, you know, you cross check it with like hot pads or uh, shit. I don't know. Maybe even Craigslist now. I don't know if people still use that, but to see what, you know, things are running for. And if it matches up, cool, you know, that part, but they can do like, this is what the numbers in this, uh, in the area speak for uh, what you would get for short-term rental. And, and that can also be seasonal here, you know, for sure. Like you can just like, for instance, your place, if you were to do that with yours, Summertime, I mean, it would make a ton of money year round, honestly, but the summertime, like from May through the summer, you're just, it would be, that would pay your mortgage for like two years, probably, <laughs> you know, just from yeah. that, like four, about five months. Gosh, I've thought about it. I just, having someone in my place just can't get my head around that. Yeah. That's a struggle. So you buy the place and then you want it to be home and yeah. then you make it home. And now, you know, just to have someone kind of not treat it as well as you want yeah, it to as be you would do it. So, yeah. No, it's a struggle. And I mean, and I think, you know, long-term that's definitely an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just trying to play around with some of those ideas to see what makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense too, though. Like what you're saying, because I know when I moved back into my rental for a while, waiting for this house to be finished, I call it my rental. Like, it's not like, oh, my house, like, Hey, you want to come by my house and uh, you know, yeah. have a beer? It's like, Hey, you want to swing by my rental? <laughs> like, I just think of it that it's like, to me, it's a rental property. So it never felt like home. Yeah. You know I mean? I was comfortable there. I like it. Yeah. Um, but it's just in my head, it was subconsciously a rental. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I guess if say best case scenario, you have another place, right. And then mm-hmm. you can literally treat it like a rental yeah. and then it's an investment property rental, but yeah. it's really tough in my mind to do both, Yeah. you know, to have it as your home, but then also use it as, you mm-hmm. know, part-time rental, but. Right. Well, that's too, like when you're talking, if you're doing multi uh, units, Which, yeah, then you could be yeah. like, Hey, that one. Cool. That one. Cool. This one. Uh, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. This stays pristine. Yeah. Uh, you guys have at it over there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a little bit different too. Yeah. I can get that. Cause I know a lot of people, I mean, I mean, I'm not knocking it. A lot of people like rent rooms, you know, the Airbnb and stuff. And I'm like, ah, I'm just not me personally. I like my <laughs> private really, time. I don't want to, <laughs> I have a really funny story about this. So, my neighbor, uh, exact same townhome as mine, but opposite. She's great. She owns that place. She's owned it since the 80s. Just bought a place in Mexico. So they're spending most of their time during you know, the crisis down there. So she rented it out for absurdly cheap. I mean, for almost what I'm renting out one of my rooms, she rented it out their entire place, right? So they had two guys staying there. And then I think a third was just part-time staying there. And then all of a sudden, you know... The, all the guys that I visually saw in and out, yeah, they left. And then there was, I guess, one new guy and then there was a female. And I guess the female was subleasing the place from the male, unbeknownst to my neighbor, the yeah. owner. And she has ring, uh, you know, the ring doorbell. Mm-hmm. And I actually share it with her because it faces my place. So, and we're close. So if any yeah. packages get stolen or, you know, what have you, hasn't happened. But just in case, she just said, feel, feel free to use it. So... I had login and she would come back over every morning around two or three with a gentleman and then sleep. <laughs> oh, no. And this is like a routine thing. So, you know, this happened for a period of like one week or two weeks. And then the owner came back and she said, look, you can't stay here. And she's like, no, I can stay here. I have an agreement. And she's like, with who? You know, and she's like, well, with him. And she's like, you know, you got to go. And so the the cops ended up getting involved. You know, she had a she put all her stuff like outside her door, like on the street. Yeah. You know, the cops came and it was just kind of a big ordeal. But she had to, you know, forcefully, I guess, evict them because. Yeah. Oh my it god, was, dude! <laughs> I wish I were shocked. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm surprised, but. but- I mean, but I'm like, that's what you get. I mean, yeah. literally it was for, again, for one room at my place is yeah. rented for, you just wanted it rented, you know, she yeah. paced is paid off and she just, 
And she should have told me I would have rented that. And yeah. so I could rent out well, my place like, no. for real money. I'm like, yeah. I was like, let me be the property manager. I'll yeah. make sure it's just filled and I'll get you that money. Oh my so, God. So dude, that's, but uh, now there's a, a lady and her son there. So she's like, all right, that's probably a little renters. better. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, man, that's definitely, you have to be careful with that too on your properties and you have good management or keep an eye on it for sure. And vet well, because I wish that was shocking, but I just like, I can picture that right now. I actually had someone credit to them, I guess, for even asking because I had in the, when I was Airbnb, one of mine uh, for the summer, it says like, you know, no parties and stuff like that. Like you hang out, do whatever, but just like, you know, it's still a residential area. Right. So I put that all in the contract on online and everything like that. And then the, someone booked it. And then the, this guy calls me and he's like, Hey, I just want to, you know, I know it says no parties and stuff, but we booked to you know, throw this part. We want to have like, I think they wanted a band or some shit too, like some weird stuff. And he's like, but um, don't worry. I want to give you like 25% of the take at the door or something. I'm like, no, <laughs> did, like uh, delete, you know, you're, you're, you just cancel that uh, thing. But I was like, at least you called, I guess, you know, and gave me a heads up instead of having the police come. But man, yeah. There's a show on that. It's uh, I don't recall what it was called, but I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's all based in the UK, but the one episode I watched is in the UK and it's for people who are on Airbnb listing their place and people show up and they throw these massive parties and just completely demolish it like an $11 million, like, you know, three-story condo development in, in the UK and the security deposit's so low. Yeah. They pay the $3,000 they move on, but these, they interview the people and they're like, this is our dream home. And it's like yeah. completely ruined. But yeah, unfortunately, that's, uh, I guess, some of the risk. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've had second thoughts about putting it on, but for Airbnb, at least. You know. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you got to definitely. Uh, it's I've learned some lessons with that as well that I can pass on another time. <laughs> it's But uh, yeah, and it can be a great blessing or curse, but it is like also sometimes to maximize that last dollar isn't worth it. Like sometimes it's better to take that steady, steady money. You know, it depends yeah. on your goal. I mean, I, again, if, as soon as I can get all my stuff out of there and make it into that rental property, then yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. Air, Airbnb or it's not home anymore. Short term, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to look at it. I'm the same way. Like once it becomes a rental property, it's a rental property. Yep. Kind of my own hang up, I guess. <laughs> well, now that we know uh, what goes on in your neighborhood, uh, <laughs> if I see cheap rents like classy, classy bachelor pad. <laughs> yeah, classy. Yeah, I was going to say, not a bachelor pad, huh? <laughs> I guess at least it wasn't your unit. So I guess, I guess that makes it okay. Cool. Man. No, hey, I just want to like, again, thank you for coming and talking to me or Absolutely. at least coming to record it because we would probably have the same conversation <laughs> anyway. I don't think we said any Good names, so I think we're probably safe. But also, yeah, I'm generally excited to kind of like work on that playbook yeah. thing with you as well. And we'll just be more stuff like this and we'll just do the research behind it. So if anybody else has ideas, throw them our way and we'll see what we can come up with. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm think, excited as well. Yeah, it's going to be a, something. It'll be different, I'm sure. Yeah, something cre creative. But hopefully, something will kind of be uncovered yeah. through I, doing this. I mean, I've done a fair share of Googling myself, and right. if it does exist, it's not easily accessible. So, I mean, right. at least putting it together, I'm excited to have it and then share it with people, and we'll see where it goes from there. Awesome. Well, let's do it. And then we'll follow back up and probably do another episode here. Uh, Maybe we'll try to at least get something, a little structure to our book and just do a, do another one. Right. Yeah. Let's do it. Since, uh, yeah. Since now yeah, I was going to say, like, since you agreed to write all this stuff, together. but yeah, you kind of are putting, you know, <laughs> so all all. actually we'll just trick someone else. We'll, get, we'll invite someone else over. We'll trick them into doing the writing and we'll just do the ideas done. We've got this edit that part out so that no one knows it's coming and we'll find someone else to do it. Love it. 
Awesome, man. Thanks again, though, for coming. And if anybody has questions and wants to, you know, any info from me, I'm just going to blast them over to your email and, and clog up that box too by trying to do your sales. All Send right. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again, Jay, for having me. 